When you look at your life or this world, what do you see? Sue Bolin asks you to start living with an eternal perspective now on Probe. Years ago, after spending his whole life on the mission field, a career missionary made his final trip home on a passenger ship. One of the other people on his sailing was a celebrity, and as the ship made its way into the harbor, all those on board beheld a huge throng of well-wishers at the pier with signs and instruments to celebrate the famous person's return. The missionary stood at the railing, watching wistfully, knowing that not a soul was there for him. He said, Lord, I've served you my whole life. Look at all the recognition and revelry for that famous person, and but there's nobody here for me. It hurts, Lord. And he heard this still, small voice say, You're not home yet, son. I love this story that helps me keep in mind the big picture that includes the eternal, unseen realm and the long picture that extends into the forever that awaits on the other side of death. The Apostle Paul had a firm grasp on what it means to live with an eternal perspective. We can especially see this in 2 Corinthians 4, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. In these verses, Paul provides three aspects of an eternal perspective that kept him from losing heart, despite living with profound physical persecution and assault, such as being hammered with stones, whipped by a cat of nine tails, beaten with rods, and shipwrecked. He knew what it was to go without sleep, food, or drink. Sometimes he was cold and naked. This man knew what it was to suffer. But Paul had a sort of spiritual periscope that allowed him to see above into the spirit realm while continuing to live below in this physical world. He saw the contrast between our bodies and our souls, how earthly affliction prepares us for glory, and the need to focus on the unseen and eternal rather than the seen and temporary. And that's what we'll be talking about this week. This has been Probe with your host, Sue Bolin. Are you in need of a new perspective? Sue asks you to get an eternal perspective. Get her free transcript, Living with an Eternal Perspective, at probe.org. Then join us next time as we elevate the biblical view into plain view, here on Probe. The Apostle Paul showed us in 2 Corinthians 4 that he understood what it was to live with an eternal perspective. He understood that our bodies can be growing older and weaker on the outside, while our spirits are growing stronger, brighter, and more mature on the inside. I get that. As a polio survivor who's also needed both my hips replaced, I am very aware that I keep getting weaker the longer I live in this compromised body. But I also know the beauty and glory of Jesus making me more and more like himself day by day. So by his grace, I can keep growing in vitality and joy on the inside. Paul also understood that the hard parts of living in a fallen world, much less living with the pains and trials of persecution, are merely a light and momentary affliction compared to what's waiting on the other side, an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. 
even horrible pain on earth is still light and momentary compared to the infinite length and glory of eternity with Christ. And Paul understood that we can shift our focus from the visible and temporary things of this world to the unseen and eternal things of the spirit realm. We have to work at seeing the unseen and eternal. We do that with the eyes of our hearts. We do that by training ourselves to view everything through the lens of God's Word. I've been working at developing an eternal perspective for years. For me, it's about connecting the dots between earthly things and heavenly things. I look at earthly things and wonder, how does this connect to the spirit realm? How does this connect to what is unseen and eternal? Check out the transcript of this program on our probe.org website for links to some of my dot-connecting blog posts. Jesus' parables are the world's best examples of using the physical to provide understanding of the eternal. He was always connecting the dots between the things he was surrounded by, different types of soil, lost coins and sheep and sons, a wedding banquet, and explaining how these things related to the kingdom of heaven. His parables taught us how to shift our focus from the seen to the unseen and from the temporal to the eternal. As we talk about living with an eternal perspective this week, let's remember that we live in a permanent battle zone of spiritual warfare. We have an enemy who hates us because he hates God. He and his fellow demons continually attack us with lies and deceptions. Some are personal, but many of them constitute the cultural water we swim in. When we forget that we live in a culture of anti-God, anti-truth, it's like going out in our underwear, needlessly exposing ourselves. Living with an eternal perspective means staying vigilant, donning our spiritual armor, and using it to fight back against the lies of the enemy. Spiritual warfare is hard. It means suffering, sometimes physical, most often mental, because spiritual warfare is waged on the battlefield of the mind. But the suffering of spiritual warfare is temporary. Because the vast majority of the believer's life will be spent in heaven where warfare of all kinds will be a distant memory. But for right now, suffering is still part of life, and developing and maintaining an eternal perspective really helps us remind ourselves of the larger truth. Romans 8.18 says that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Being faithful when we're suffering means glory in the future. My friend Holly has battled cancer three times on top of the horribleness of cystic fibrosis. She suffers literally every day of her life. Yet, with a beautiful, godly stubbornness, she reminds herself of what is true. She says, what if the worst thing happens? Oh, yeah. It can't. The worst thing that can possibly happen to anyone is to die apart from Christ and spend eternity in torment. For me, to die means instant joy and relief in the arms of my Savior. My friend Chris has lived with quadriplegia for almost 50 years. What comes to mind when I think of Chris is two words, sweet joy. Because of his eternal perspective, Chris knows his suffering is temporary, and he chooses not to give in to self-pity. People are drawn to him like honey because of how he radiates Jesus. Tomorrow, we'll talk about remembering the long view. 
One of my favorite questions is to ask, a hundred years from now, when you are face-to-face with Jesus in heaven, what do you want to be glad you chose today? Indulging your flesh and doing whatever you think will make you happy right now? Or making choices that honor God and bless other people? But probably my favorite question remains an essential part of my eternal perspective, passing everything through the grid of the great question, in the scope of eternity, what does this matter? The frustrations of traffic, not getting our way, a loved one who doesn't know Christ? The answer determines what is worth getting upset about, what we should just let go, and where we should be investing time in prayer. We can remember the long view by predeciding now that we will use our earthly days fully, engaged in ministry as long as God gives us breath. Years ago, my view of living with an eternal perspective was shaped by the story of a lady who decided to start college in her 70s. When they asked her why she would do such a thing when her life was basically over, she said, Oh no, it's not over. I'm preparing for the next part of my life in heaven. The more equipped I can get on earth, the more ready I'll be for what the Lord has for me on the other side. Another lady was homebound because she was so disabled. She got the word out that every afternoon, her home was open for anyone who needed prayer. Some days it was like there was a revolving door, so many coming and going. She had a vibrant ministry in the waning days of her life because she was determined to use her remaining earthly days fully to the glory of God. One of my friends is a TSA agent. She diligently reminds herself daily that every traveler who comes through her security line is infinitely valuable because they're made in the image of God and Jesus died for them. She showers kindness on them because they're so important. She works at maintaining an eternal perspective, seeing the unseen. In the time you have now, live well to the glory of God. Keep reminding yourself that everything we do now has an eternal impact. Our choices, our behaviors, our words ripple into eternity, which is why we need to seek to do everything for the glory of God. This week, we've been exploring what it looks like to live with an eternal perspective. I want to close with one of my favorite stories. As a mom of littles, Nicole Johnson was feeling sorry for herself when she met with a friend who had just returned from Europe. She writes, My friend turned to me with a beautifully wrapped package and said, I brought you this. It was a book on the great cathedrals of Europe. I wasn't exactly sure why she'd given it to me until I read her inscription with admiration for the greatness of what you are building when no one sees. In the days ahead, I would read No Devour, the book, and I would discover what would become for me four life-changing truths after which I could pattern my work. One, no one can say who built the great cathedrals. We have no record of their names. Two, these builders gave their whole lives for a work they would never see finished. Three, They made great sacrifices and expected no credit. And four, the passion of their building was fueled by their faith that the eyes of God saw everything. There's a story in the book about a rich man who came to visit the cathedral while it was being built, and he saw a workman carving a tiny bird on the inside of a beam. He was puzzled and asked the man, Why are you spending so much time carving that bird into a beam that will be covered by the roof? No one will ever see it. 
And the workman replied, because God sees it. Living with an eternal perspective as we make choices and invest our time to glorify God is like building a cathedral that we won't be able to see finished. It means living with a long view in mind, aware that the things we can see, hear, and feel are temporary, but the spiritual realm is permanent. An eternal perspective means that the things you do that no one sees but God, the unseen and eternal, they matter. God tells us in Isaiah that our purpose in life is to glorify Him. Paul puts a point on this in 1 Corinthians 10.31. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And that's the key to living with an eternal perspective.